Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some games, every y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Yo, yo, welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier. Once again, I'm here with a uh, super, super dope show. But before we start it, get started, I would like to advise all our guests and listeners to please like, subscribe, rate, and review the show and the channel. All those things, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. So if y'all could do that, like I said, we would appreciate it. And before we start, I just want to say my co-host, D, she will be, like I said, I said this on the last episode, I think. I said she'll be back in the studio soon, but I promise y'all she'll be back soon. She's been out for a minute, but she about to be back, I promise y'all. But get right into the show, man. Today I got an amazing guest, man. This is this is an episode that is definitely overdue, man. This is a, a great man. He's doing great things, and uh, I met him, what has been like, uh, it seemed like that was this year. It probably had to be like a year ago. Last summer, right? Yeah, last summer. Last summer, and... Man, we've been locked in. I'm happy to have him here. His name is Tim Jackson. So welcome to the show, bro. Like I said, I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much, man. It's a long time overdue, man. I, I've been following your movement, man. I'm proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. The culture needs this, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. So just getting right into it. So for the people who this may be their first time seeing you, hearing of you, do you mind just giving like a quick background on it so let the people know who you are? Absolutely. My name is Tim Jackson. Uh, you know, Mr. Purpose on Demand is mm-hmm. my tagline. You know, uh, from Dallas, Texas, originally. Uh, by way of just, man, you know, life, man. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, uh, went off to the military, came back home, became a, got into real estate, started mm-hmm. becoming, became a broker, started investing, um, got really heavily involved in mentoring, you know, young kids through my nonprofit, Real Youth Mentoring, mm-hmm. and through various other channels. Uh, I'm a former zoning commissioner yeah, in yeah. Dallas, Texas. You got to so, talk about that. Yeah, got a chance to see a lot of things downtown, you know, at the city of Dallas of how how real estate really works and how things really move in the city. Uh, you know, proud husband, proud father, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I can't really complain about much, man. Retired at the age of 37. If you watch any of my videos, I always say that at the beginning. But just really big on teaching people a different way, like providing the alternative to people. You know what I'm saying? Because specifically within our community, you either play ball, you either sing a song, do a dance, or sell dope, right? Yep, yep. that's a fact. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, when I wrote my book, Real Dope, I, I wanted to talk about ways specifically for men like us um, to, to make legal money and to live a life worth living and being able to to be happy about what they're doing and about the success. But more importantly, to pass that down. Pass and it down. Yeah. Mm, see, and this is why um, I love having people like you on, because like most of the time we were on the show, we have people that might be mid 20s, maybe late 20s, early 20s. But when you got somebody that's like experienced, how, how old are you now? Man, I'm 39. 39. Man. So you, yeah, I'm, this is my last year before 40, man. I'm about to be washed. Hey, soon. I'm turning 20. I'm turning 29 two weeks from now. This is my last year before 30. Hey, so. hey, let me tell you what. Anything you eat after 5 o'clock, man, you better do some sit-ups once you hit 30, man. You're going to be I'm out. already feeling it now, bro. I've been Ooh. in the gym. I've been in the gym a lot the past couple of weeks. I, I, I feel it now, man. But I love having someone like... I don't want to say you old, older, but just old, older. 
I love having people like that on the show because obviously with with age comes experience most of the yes, time. Sir. And a lot of t- and to be honest, with us in our twenties, even if you're a teen, you following, we hope to be to hit forty one day. Absolutely. So we following in your footsteps and you already got a blueprint. You didn't been there, done things that we were aspired to do. So people in your position, I feel like I give a lot more because you can have all the information, but at the end of the day, we know the real teacher is experience. You know what I'm saying? Because information ain't nothing without understanding. And a lot of it's a lot of information out here that people truly don't understand. But when you got somebody like you that experienced a lot, you're gonna have the information plus to understand. That's why I love having people like you on the show. Information, understanding, mm-hmm. and application. Too many people get all this information, they don't do anything with it, and they wonder why their life is on pause. You know, I, I just I just get sick of having conversations with people that have all the information they can argue you down Xavier about what we should be doing how this should look and I say well what are you doing and, and then the, ch- the conversation changes well man it ain't about that it's about me getting the information out there no 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 it's about the execution and the application and until you execute and apply you're not really doing anything you're just running much. your mouth and, and I've always been a low-key person I don't like being in front of the spotlight but getting around, just seeing how the culture is going right now, what we call the culture, right? it's important for somebody to shift that narrative and to say, no, nah, that's not what that is. You know, that ain't this and this ain't that. So that's that's where I come in at. Mm, I, hey, you know I love that. Let's talk about, because um, I know you were, you retired at 37. So how did you um, get to that point? Let's talk about that. Man, let's talk about it. Um, to be honest with you, I've always been really, really frugal. Mm. Um, but I understand that you can't save your way to, to wealth. It's impossible. It's impo- I don't care if you save every check for the next 30 years. You're not going to have a lot of money with inflation, right? That's and right. so when I was, uh, you know, I, I talk about it in my book, man. When I was in high school, I had a friend who, you know, everyone always has that friend in high school that had the car, you yep. know, freshman, sophomore yep. year, had all the nice clothes. Yep. And I had a friend whose mom would always be at the school. Like, anytime we had something going on, her mom would be there. And I was like... Man, that's dope. Like, what does your mom do for a living to, be here all the time. to afford her the opportunity to be at a pep rally at 2 o'clock in the daytime? And she was like, yeah, my mom's a real estate broker. Now, I'm an old head. You know, I, I, you know, we didn't have the internet like y'all had it, right? I, I had those AOL CDs <laughs> where you get 15 minutes of free internet, right? So I literally had to go to the library in my school and research what that was. And I was like, man, I don't know what this is, but that's what I want to do. I want to be able to put myself in a position to where... If my children have events going on, I want to be there. Because my mom worked hard. She worked a good job. My mom and my stepfather worked hard. But they couldn't always, they couldn't be at everything. They came right. to the, the stuff that needed to come to. My mom never missed the game, stuff like that. But she often showed up in her uniform. You understand what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And, you know, I, I want, you know, she couldn't go to every field trip. So fast forward to that, man, I went off to the military. That's something me and you have in common yep. when we first met. Got Air back, Force too, right? Air Force, man. Yeah. Got back home. Uh, all my partners were still selling dope. And doing the same stuff. And so I told myself I always wanted to retire before 40. So I got into real estate. I was working in corporate. And to anyone watching this, I'm never going to crap on a corporate job, right? Because I made my money through corporate. Like all my clients came through corporate. But I started to focus around the age of 30, man. I felt like I had just hit like a, a, like a, like a brick wall. Really? Yeah, I felt like I made great money. This is during the heyday when, you know, when Dallas was hosting Super Bowls and All-Stars the same year. This was... You know, this was during my time where I was making good money in corporate. I, I was a corporate trainer. I launched the very first Android device, you know, uh, here in the United States, traveled around, taught people that. Like, I had a good career, but I, I wasn't content. And I said, no matter how much I work here, I'll never be able to become a millionaire, no matter how much they pay me, right? Um, 
doing this only, like this and this alone. So I started getting into real estate, got my license, started selling a lot of properties. Then I purchased my first property, flipped my first property. It was the worst flip that you can ever imagine. I said the worst, the first one always the worst. Bro, anything that could have went wrong went wrong on that flip. I'm right. talking about anything. anything. I, we had to talk off the camera, like tell you everything. Like it was, <laughs> it, it was crazy, right? But I didn't give up. And so we kept doing that. And uh, me and my, my girlfriend's fiance, now wife at the time, we just stayed at it. We found a formula. We stuck to it. We bought and held. We bought and flipped. We did all that. But I was really big on debt, like not acquiring debt, but using my debt, i.e. credit cards, i.e. whatever loans that I could obtain to purchase more wealth. Because once you do that, now the debt and the credit is paying for your lifestyle. Right. And a lot of people say, Either you don't use any credit at all or you run it up. But I kind of find myself in the middle where I use it strategically to buy properties or to buy assets that I know are going to yield me back money. And I put myself in a position, you know, when COVID hit, I was good. I don't have no mm, debt. You know no what I'm debt. saying? Like, mm. you know, so I said, you know what, man, I, I'm about to hit 40. The money's good. It's coming in every month. I'm going to take a break. I'm a, and I literally announced it. I'm retired. I still have a broker's license. Uh, if I get a referral, if it's a big enough, you know, big enough check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's yeah, like yeah. a $500,000 and above, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to put that on the market. Right. But for the that. most part, man, like I pass it off, you know, my wife will do it because she has her license and you know, I'll hand it off to a friend and get a referral fee. But for the most part, I sat back and said, I'm going to reinvent myself completely and learn different aspects of business, specifically online, because uh -huh. that's where the money is. And that's yeah. where I'm at. That's, you know, that, that's so dope because a lot of people, when they hit that, um the, like, late 30s, it's kind of like, they be like, I don't know this lane, so I ain't going to mess with it. I'm going to leave that to y'all. And they start hating. Yep. They hate. Yep. They, they'll see a person like you and other guys that you hang around with pulling up in these nice whips, wearing these nice, you know, watches. And instead of saying, how can I get that or how did you do that? They, man, they start talking down. And I, I've never been that dude. I've always been a dude like, hey, how you do it? Mm -hmm. Because I want you to teach my 12-year-old my this. Because he's the next. I got to pass the baton to him. Yeah, so if does. I'm giving him old game from when I was doing it, think about our parents. Our parents worked a good job for 30 Man. years, retired, got a yep. gold watch, yep. and we take care of them. Yep. I'm not trying to be funny. If my parents are watching this, right? You know, we <laughs> help them out when we need to because yep. that system didn't work. It didn't. At all. And any of, any of them will tell you that, right? Well, if you're 10 years younger than me, and you're 10 years ahead of me, why wouldn't I put, bring my son to so that he can hear you speak? That's crazy for me to give him the same bad game. Not bad game, but the game that I got, that's, that's played out. That's I'll like play, playing a PS1, you no, know? Thanks. You still can play the game, but it ain't the same game. Mm -hmm. So my thing was, let me reinvent myself. But when I start working with people in prisons, uh, working with people who were coming home from prison, trying to reintegrate themselves into life, I had to force myself to learn what was going on out here to get them to, to apply to what they were doing so they could learn ways to make legal money um, through technology, through, through trucking, through whatever it was yeah. that's popping before they picked up a pack and went to go sell crap. You know? And I, I want to I ask you this. I think this is a um, very important question, what you touching on, how like the, the older generation can, can learn a lot from the younger generation. But I want to ask you, in this younger generation with the with information technology, a lot of times we sort of think we already know every damn thing. So what do you think the younger generation, what can we learn from y'all? The value of work. So I didn't say this in my intro. I have a nonprofit organization called Real Youth Mentoring. Every month we put on an event where we teach boys different aspects of business, whether it's trucking, technology, 
how to make a million dollars in sports without playing the game, how to make a million dollars in real estate. Like our theme is a million dollars, right? And what I see consistently, Xavier, is that this newer generation, they don't like to work because of technology, technology. because of what it looks like, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when I was, you know, again, I'm only 10 years older than you, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a millennial, right? Yeah. But for me, turning 15, turning 16 and getting a job was the most the important thing. thing in the world. Like yeah. I've been working since I was 10, right? You know, I played the drums at my church and got paid $10 a week. Right. And I would take that money and go to a dollar store and buy candy four for a dollar and then sell it, you know, two, one for 50 cents. Like then I would take that money and, you know, go cut, you know, buy lawn equipment and cut yards. Like I always wanted to work. I saw parents work. My mother, my stepfather, my uncles, my aunts, my sister, everyone around me worked their ass off. And this new generation, there's this misconception that I can make one post, it'll go viral. And I'm going to get rich. Everyone's going to know me. I'm going to be rich. And then I can go to Miami and get on the yacht. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's facts. That's, that's the facts. misconception. And what people don't see is all these bags under our eyes. They don't understand like the work that we put into our wealth. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, and if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, this is a quick story. I'll never forget. My wife, she's in education. She's in the education administration. So she works mm. in the administration side. She left a job. She took some time off work. I, you know, she was having some things going on in her job that she didn't too much care for. And I said, you know, I said, man, take F that off. job, man. Come on, you know, just take a break. So she took a break and came and worked with me. And I'll never forget the first night she worked with me. We left home at 7 o'clock in the morning. And we got back home at 9 o'clock at night. And I'll never forget, we walked into the kitchen. And her hair was everywhere. She was just, she, said, she said, babe, I didn't realize how much you worked. Like, how easy you make this job look. She said, but just watching you work today and being with you all day, I have a newfound appreciation for what you do. And I tell people, especially the younger generation, like start to value work, work. because everyone else isn't. If you can just work a little 10% more than the average person, you'll, you'll get a hundred percent more of the value. Yeah. Especially today. But like you said, cause people ain't, people not working. There's literally a shortage on employment everywhere. everywhere. Like I have friends that work in HR and they're like, Tim, we can't fill these positions starting at 50, $60,000. We can't fill them. People don't want to work. And I'm like, dang, everybody want to be an online millionaire. Everybody want to be the online. It look good. <laughs> it look good, man. It's, they they hustle for the cherry on top and not the cake. Mm, yeah. That's a bar. Yeah, man, I think I'm going to go ahead and trademark that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I haven't said that in every interview, but. Trademark it. But literally, they hustle for the cherry on top and not the cake. And it's like the cherry on top, you and I both know, like, that moment, I call it a moment in time. You know, when you pull up to the light in a new car, a nice car, and you see somebody next to you and you flex on whatever you're doing, you'll never see that person again. But for a moment in time, you got to have that moment of, yeah, look at me. And people are literally trying to live that moment every day. Every day. Like, the spoils, you, you celebrate the wins short term. Mm. And then you move on. You know what I'm saying? I, I like that because I think in this time right now with social media, all you see is people wins, and I think people get it confused and think this is this person's everyday life. So this should be my everyday life without knowing this is you could you could batch create content. You can make a bunch of content from one night and spread it out through months if you posting it right for real. Bro, I'm running the same play. I did some videos in February that are still running. Exactly. And they're getting great traction. Exactly. But it's like people don't understand that. They think that 
I'm at some of these places at that moment. At that moment. No. I've been gone. (laughs) And then, you know what's so funny? The stuff that's getting the most traction now is old recycled stuff. stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so there's this misconception. One thing that I I vowed that I would do in this internet space once I start really getting into it is I vowed that I would share my losses. Like, I got to post my losses. I got to. Because if I don't, you're going to think it's sweet. It ain't sweet. It ain't. I done took $30,000, $50,000 hits. Talk about it. Bruh. Talk about it. I, I know the feeling. Bro, I took an 85, almost a $90,000 hit, hit just on my office rent in the last two years. Just on my office rent. Because my office was a, it's a huge if you come to it. Right. And I have four offices on the inside. So I have an attorney, a nonprofit an insurance company, and then myself who have those offices. Then we have another office that's a bunch of cubicles, eight cubicles. So people used to rent those out for me every month. It was like a work center. Then I have this huge classroom. And so everything was booming. Like every weekend, somebody was renting out the classroom and business was good. And then the world shut down. Yep. Nobody's coming anywhere. And because no one taught me that, you know, they always say, get an LLC, get an LLC. Well, how you structure that LLC matters. It's very important. If you're a single member LLC, you take on the liability. Mm. And I couldn't get out of that lease because I was the only person on the LLC. So essentially, I signed a personal guarantee in my office. So for the, for the first three months, I remember one time I got off the elevator. We, had the, we got the biggest office in the, in the building. From the elevator to my office, walking down that hallway, there was like six eviction notices. No one was paying rent. I was literally the only person on that floor paying my rent. I took a $90,000 hit because had I defaulted, they could have sued me and it would have messed up my credit. And I teach about credit. So how am I going to be the guy who filed? And my, I call my attorney. He's like, bro, all you can do is file bankruptcy. I said, I'm not, filing, not bankruptcy. filing bankruptcy. But thankfully, I had the bread because I had the investments. I had things that were paying me. So I didn't miss a beat. But the average person would have folded paying $4,000 to $4,200 a month. Every month, Every two years, month. and nobody's coming to the office. The average person would have bankrupted that. Like that's that's not that's not cheap. You give us some game, and I think there's more game and information in talking about the loss than discussing the win, bro. Bro, I've made more money in my L's than I've ever made my wins. Talk, talk. What you mean by that? Because you know what not to do. Mm. Think about it. Think about when right. you make a mistake. Like when we when we flipped our first house, when I tell you everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Everything. And we learn what not to do. And so many people are so afraid to go out there and make a mistake because they don't want to look stupid. But there's fortune in looking stupid. There's there's a lot of profit and looking stupid once or twice because you know exactly what not to do. But then also people see you as being authentic. So the person that who you really need to attract is going to be attracted to you because they see that you're authentic. They know once they show up, you're going to be the exact same person who showed them what they need to know. How many times you done met somebody and you see them online and man, they look so good. Then you meet in real life. You're like, man, that is not who they are. Man, listen, <laughs> man, <laughs> just, I'm going to say this. The past, the past um, three months, I've been having a lot of conversations with close friends and people. Like we kind of revamping everything we do, just because. And this and this is one of the big reasons. Like people always ask me, like, are you going to this event or are you about to? And I'll be like, man, only if you. 
since I'm a podcast and I've been doing this for so long, I meet so many people. I know so many people. And you get to really know people. And when you see how much fluff and bullshit is out here, how much people lie, it's like, I don't want to be around. Cuss? Yeah. Oh, we can say bullshit. You can say oh, whatever you want. Shit, let's get it. <laughs> you say whatever you want. This is my show. You say whatever the hell you want. But when I see how much, like how you talk, how much cap, I would say, is out here. It just turns it turns me off completely to a lot of things that that's regarding the financial community because I know how many people are lying about their lifestyle and what they do, how much money they make, all that. So I'd be like, I don't want to be around it. If I don't know you, I know I could I got people that can vouch for you. I know you official. I feel authenticity when I'm with you. I can look in your eyes and be like, this person legit. I'd be like, I'm cool for real. I on always, all of it. I always tell people I was a public. I'll use quotation marks in case somebody watching it won't hate on me. Right. I was a public official, meaning that I was appointed by uh, a politician, you know, in the city to to serve as a zoning commission, right? Mm -hmm. So my information, for the most part, is public. You can look up everything. Right. If I told you how many spam calls I got a day, <laughs> like, just, I, I kid you not, based on from the properties we own, from just being on the zoning commission, how many calls I get a day, because my information was public forever, right? right. It still is. Um you can show up at a certain place at a certain time on a certain day and see that I'm not bullshitting. Oh, I believe it. And it's like, rich is flashy and wealth is quiet. Right, yep. I tell people that all the time. And I come from a place in Dallas where you didn't show your money. You can fuck around and get robbed. Mm. Like, I'm just keeping it real with you. Keep like, I, I know partners that I went to school with who robbed people that we went to school with. That's you crazy. know, for pulling up being too being flashy, flashy, right? Mm -hmm. That was one of the first lessons I learned leaving Dallas. You know, that summer before I went to the military, I, I saw one of my partners at the gas station, I mean, at the uh, car wash, and he had took his rims off his car. He had some, you know, I'm going to date myself. He had some some 20-inch assassins <laughs> on him. Right? You know if you my age, you know what them assassins look like, right? You know, them blades, mm -hmm. you know? And so I saw him. I said, man, why you take your rims off? He said, man, I'm getting ready to go to, you know, the TCU. He said, uh, that's in the middle of the hood. He said, you don't ever go to nobody's hood stunting. Nope, he never. Said, you know, what we do to people that come over here stunting? I was like, I never thought of that. And mind you, I was getting ready to go on my summer trip to California. I had the funniest story. I went to went to the Bay Area, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, the Bay Area don't really do too much gangbang, but you have your no, certain yep, pockets that do. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I went to, uh, I think I was in Pittsburgh. And I, don't, I guess it was, I, I had on the wrong color over there. And I had to, like, play real country. they like, hey, cuz, where are you from? And I had to put on the most southern accent. Like, I'm from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but the point I made, you got to be smart. Be and, smart. And a lot of people are showing you something that ain't what it is. And I know how to spot it. Mm -hmm. Because I know the numbers aren't adding up. But I, I don't want to say nothing because it's just like, they got a bigger platform than me. I don't want to come off as I'm hating. That's their money. I don't count nobody else's money. You're right. I know you bullshit. You know, you, you know, you know when somebody bullshit. You do. It's easy. And the, the older I get, the more um, experience I get, the more I do, the more is the easier it is for me to spot it. Within damn near instantaneously. Now I'm like, like you said, the numbers don't be adding up. They don't. You know they don't. And I see things, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. You know, we used to call it pulling your card. You know, mm, don't make me yeah, pull your card, right? Your card, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just like. I'm at the age where I don't care if you feel like you need to get off by pretending to be somebody you're not, then that's just on you, man. On you. you know, because what's going to happen is eventually it's going to come back around and people are going to see what it is. And I always play the longevity game. I'm a very patient person. Mm, you know what I'm saying? So I don't have to be validated right now. I don't even have to ever be validated. But, you know, 
I always tell people, let's see where we at five years from now. You know what I'm saying? That's going to reveal a lot. It's going to reveal a lot. And, and that's, that's how I try to move in this space. Because people can look up stuff, man. People have access to stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you, you um, dropping some gems. But let's talk about, because um, this is something I've, I've been seeing you post on the gram, too. The, uh, 90 days to a million. 90 talk days <laughs> to a million. So first, first what, <laughs> what is that for the people that's listening? So for those who don't know, man, it's just getting your, your mindset ready for money. Um, the average person that comes into a lot of money goes broke within two or three years. You know, it's statistically proven. Like, people that win the lottery go broke within two years. You look at professional athletes. Where I come from, I, I know a lot of people that got into the league um, who were back home. Mm. Uh, I've worked with professional athletes before. I was on TMZ with a client one time. Um, and I've seen a lot of people come into money, and they don't have anything to present later. Like, within six months to a year, they're broke. And what I try to explain to people when I tell people wealth is, you know, rich is flashy, wealth is quiet. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. Let's not get it twisted. I right. like nice things. I right. like to travel. You follow me on, enough online, I'm always going, right? Mm. We stay in nice hotels, all that stuff, right? But keeping the money is more important than getting the money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people can't keep money, and it's all because of the mindset, you know, especially coming from where we, we come yeah, from, yeah. right? You, you get it. You, you blowing it. Because we have this, one, we have this, this burden to take care of everybody. They're called the black tax. The black tax, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to help everybody. You know, if I, I see your potential, but you don't want it. So why am I trying to make you want it, right? So 90 days to a meal is just getting your mind right. Like understand that no matter what season you're walking into, if you're not mentally prepared for it, you're going to squander it. You're going to squander that job. You're going to squander that business. You're going to squander that relationship. You're going to squander that opportunity. Uh, getting with the right person being in the right relationship with somebody Facts. It can, can make or break you financially. You know, most people, 50% of relationships end in divorce, marriages end in divorce. Yep. And nobody ever asks for their love back at the divorce proceedings. They, they want that They bread. want that money back. <laughs> they, want that, or they want that future money, right? Mm. And so I just drop little gems and talk about things that I went through personally, talk about ways that I prepare my mind. I'll talk about books that I've read. I just talk about how you need to move, understand that some days you're not going to want to do it. You know, your consistency is going to outweigh how you feel that day. Like you have to get up and do it. And that's just me being consistent. Like right. if I'm talking about consistency, then you know every day you're going to show up for the next 90 days and it's going to be content. And I always do 90 day challenges. So literally it keeps me going the entire year, like every quarter. So I think about that. That's it, it makes me post because I hate I hate social media. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know what that's where you're gonna be active though. So that, it forces me because trust me, if I don't post something, somebody's in my inbox. Man, where you at? Where you, where you at? at? But uh, that's what it's about. Mindset, man. My mi millionaire millionaire mindset. Like it's literally a mindset. You have to be a millionaire up here before, before you're a millionaire you. in here. And how how uh, I want to ask you this: How do um, somebody that's listening, that's listening and watching, they thinking this? Like, how do you mentally prepare yourself to? To prepare yourself to get money. This is going to sound funny. You literally have to do the exact opposite of everything that you think you should do. Mm, what you mean? Shit. Like, everything you think is right is probably <laughs> wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, think about it. Think yeah, about right. all this shit we were taught about money. Most of that shit wasn't right. You know, think of, we weren't really taught about credit. Nope. And that's one thing with my 90 days to a meal. Like, I have a credit course. I give it away for free. Like that's fire. that I teach people credit for free and not to knock anybody that's doing credit repair, but at the end of the day, 
Like people just don't know credit. So I'll give you free fundamentals, like a full course. Do you do credit by you? Okay, so I don't want to step on your no, toes. No, yeah, no, okay, no, okay. No, no. So like no. even even within my course, I have a 10-day credit challenge. Everything's everything is mapped out in days. And my thing is if you go 10 days and you take this course, you will learn everything, everything you need to know about credit. Know. I'll teach you how I use credit to build wealth, how we use credit cards at zero percent interest for 18 months to pull off the renovate full houses, to purchase houses. That's like, right. like, but my thing is. I don't have to if I if I give you this for free, just imagine what, 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 I'm, what you're gonna what you pay, pay for, for right? And I get people in my inbox all day long, like, bro, no one ever taught me this. I did this completely wrong. Case in point, you get a credit card. Well, we were taught, okay, charge it up, wait for the bill to come out, and pay it off. That's it the off. worst thing to do because one, you're maxing out your debt, you know, your uh, utilization. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Then you're paying it down to zero. That, that's a double whammy, right? Because technically, if you pay it down to zero, they don't have to report yeah, it, right? So now you're maxing everything out, dropping your score 30, 30%. Then you're paying it down to zero, and you're doing this every single month, and you're wondering why your credit sucks. Like, it's literally just one simple adjustment. So I tell people, what you think is right is going to probably be wrong. Like, read a book, go to a seminar, force yourself to get around people who you've never been around because, they're one, they're not going to see you as little Timmy from back in the day that they're got not. into the fight at the CC's Pizza. They're not going to see you as that person that, that everyone knows you as. They're going to yeah. see you as what you're bringing to the table in that moment. And in that moment, they'll make a decision like, this is somebody I need to have around. And then they'll open the doors for you and give you opportunities that you've never seen. Mm, yeah, strangers are definitely, at least from my experiences and with things I've seen, strangers are definitely more prone to give you an opportunity than people you might know from that you grew up with. Because like you said, people that you grew up with, they look at you as, oh, this Tim, he he ain't going to. It's, it's a strange dynamic that people. They see themselves in you. Mm. There you go. They see That's themselves in you. So if they don't believe they can do it themselves, then why the hell would Xavier be able to do it? And then when Xavier does it, then they have to acknowledge your greatness, and that's makes that forces them to acknowledge themselves, they themselves fail as, as failures, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like this competition thing, but people that don't know you, they don't there's no need to compete with you. They want to know what you know so that they can make themselves better. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Like there's nothing to compete with. Like I don't know you personally, but that person who grew up with you. They'll find you. You can have the cure for the for whatever the cancer, they and they'll them. they'll bring yeah. up some shit that you did in the tenth grade <laughs> to invalidate you. No, this is a, this is a fact. You That's know exactly what, what happened. That's exactly. Like, I mean, so it's like get away from those people, man. Like it's a yo-yo effect. If you know, you throw the yo-yo down, you pull it back up. You need to get away from these people, and then if you want to bring the information back to them, then you can, or you can choose to do whatever you want to. But you're not obligated to save anybody because if a person wants to be saved, they'll save themselves. And within our community, there's this obligation to save every damn body. And that's mm. bullshit. Mm. And nobody will say it out loud. I'm going to say it out loud, man. Fuck them folks, man. Like, straight up. If, if, if they don't see the vision, fucking move on, bro. No one will say it. We think it. We, th we all think it. We think it. But it's like, man, we I don't want to seem like no hater, man. Fuck them people, man. Like, what? Bro, the idea is the validation. You got the idea. You don't have to go back to niggas from your hood, people that you grew up with to get their validation. And so many people get these million dollar ideas and instead of executing, they'll go ask somebody that has no desire to be great. Hey, what you think about this? They're not going to validate that shit. They ain't, never, they ain't never done nothing close to it. And most times they're going to talk you out of it because they don't have the, the balls to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So now you have all these ideas. And that's why people are so frustrated, Xavier. Because they, they, they can't get their shit together because they're focused on being validated by people who didn't give them that power nor that idea. Once that idea comes to your mind, that's all the validation you need, man. Execute. 
That's it. Get around somebody that's doing it. That's doing it. That's the next step. After you got the ideas, go around other people that's done that's it. That's it. If I get an idea, I call my attorney and ask my attorney, how do I set this up? If my tooth is hurting, I'm not going to call my attorney. I'm going to call my dentist. Right. Right? If I break my arm, I'm not going to call my dentist. I'm going to go to my, my doctor. You know what I'm saying? Like, we go to the wrong people for the right answers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then when shit go to hell, then it's like, oh, man, that didn't work. No, it worked. You just worked it the wrong way. Because if it didn't work, it wouldn't work for nobody. That's game. You drop see, See, this is like I said in the beginning, man. This is why I like having experienced people on because it's a different it's just a different conversation because not only do they have the information they got to understand it and they apply the information that they got so that's why i like having um this conversation that's super valuable but i want to say this because um let's say uh i'm trying to think of how, how can i word this like everything that you just talked about do you think that wisdom comes from age or is it absolutely necessary for a young person that's listening to this for them to go through a bunch of bullshit to, to fully grasp what you're saying. Fail as early and as often as you can. Mm. Like, that's what I tell the kids in our mentoring program. I tell my son that. Fail as early and as often as you can. I'm not saying to go out there and break no laws and do no stupid shit. Right. I'm saying to fail as early and as often as you can. That's the best learner. Don't be the old nigga that's 40 years old finally realizing that he want to be somebody. Not to say that that's a bad thing, because, right. I mean, statistics say the average millionaire is a millionaire like at, 50, at the age of 40, like 45. 40. But my thing is, why? Because we've followed this blueprint of doing things a certain way that's not the way you're supposed to do it. And then we, get, we wake up. There's a saying, when you're 20, you care what everyone thinks. When you're 40, you don't give a damn what people think. And when you're 60, you realize nobody was thinking about you at all. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. So why, why must it take you to get to that age, 60, 50, to realize that you waste the best years of your life worried about everybody else? Worried about what another person's going to think when them people ain't even thinking about you. And when I realized, I realized that young. Like, seriously, I didn't care, man. I realized that young. And now I look back and I'm saying I'm thankful that I did. Now my friends are like, man, all right, Tim, tell me how you did all this. And I, don't even, I, I show them. If they come to me, I'm going to tell them, right? But many of them won't come to me because... They resent the fact that I, I went through with my shit and it materialized and they played it safe. Mm, that's facts. You know I, that's something I just realized like two years ago. I'm like, man, people don't give a... And if they do care by tomorrow, they're not going to give a fuck no more. Just being, just being honest. If they do care, the only ones that's really going to care is the ones that's really, really in your corner or the ones that's just super haters. Other than that, everybody else in the middle, that's the majority. They just really don't care. They're going to see it. They might show some love. But people really don't care. And like you said, when you understand that the fear of whatever you want to do, that fear going to go away. It, it subsides with the experience. Mm. You know, I always relate everything to a relationship. Like you see That's somebody, the best analogies. You see somebody you like, you go out, you're going to holler. You, you might be nervous to go holler at her. But then once you start talking to her or, you know, the lady you're talking to a guy, you realize y'all have more in common than you think. Yep. Then you start finding those commonalities. Then there's trial and error. You know what I'm saying? Um, relationships are like seasons, right? You know, when you meet people, you meet them in the spring of your life. So everything's blossoming, the trees are pretty, stuff is coming out. Then the summertime comes along, it get a little hot, right? <laughs> but you can put up with it. Then the fall comes and they start revealing themselves who they really are, right? Then the winter comes and it's, it's like, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore, right? <laughs> but, the, but the relationships that sustain, 
are the ones that can go get come back around to that spring, right? Mm -hmm. And that's everything in life. Like you have to start in the spring and expect the winter, but know that the spring is going to come back come around. Come back around. That's it. And, and when that spring comes back around, you're more prepared. All right. All right. Springtime. Let me put the uh, the, the weed and feed on my yard so my mm -hmm. grass will be green all summer long. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, it's fall time. All right. Let me get these leaves raked up. Like you know how to maintain it. And most people don't start in the spring. They're too afraid. It's like, just do it. Like, don't wait until you're 40 to do it. Like, when I tell people I retired at 37, most of the old people be hating on me like, I bet. who this think he is? You know what I'm saying? Just like, how you retire at 37? What you I'm do? still working. Bro, I get those looks. I get, I know I get them. I you know? know? But it's like, why not learn it? Because you can figure it out. You can take my same blueprint at any age and apply it. Just, just do it. But most people don't believe enough of themselves to do it. Excuse me. Well, you do, man. We could, we could go all day. I want to, I want to talk about being a um, zona commissioner for a second. Oh so, man, let's talk about <laughs> let's, it. Yeah. So I want to ask, like, what? First, no, first, let's go here first for the for people that's listening that might not even know what a zona commissioner sure. is. Break that down. What is a zona commissioner? So a zoning commissioner is essentially the person who um, fields the application and the zoning request for any type of zoning change in the city. So with me, I was in District Seven, which is South Dallas, East Dallas, and I think. It, it touched a really small tip of Pleasant Grove, like a really small tip. But let's say like you want to change the zoning on a property from residential to commercial or commercial to residential, or uh, you want to start selling alcohol at your, your business. Uh, you want to convert your business, you know, from one thing to another. You have to apply for a zoning request, right? So, you know, if you're riding around Dallas, you might get to an empty building um, and you'll see like a sign that says Z one zero something dash something that's a zoning notice because every zoning request requires a notification you have to notify the uh, community what's about to take place and what's mm. coming forward it's all public knowledge right so case i'll give you an example like um you have botham jean the gentleman who you know unfortunately was killed in his home uh you know by the cop by the cop right that's on well the side, right? botham jean boulevard, boulevard that was my district really? so when they petitioned to have that change that came to me I had to argue, you know, you know, either for or against it. Why, why not? Uh, shoot, I made the news. I made the news a couple of times off of that um, because I held the case a couple of times because of some of the politics that were associated with it. But that's something that when you want to change a street name, that's zoning. So what we think, what I grew up thinking real estate was, once I got on the zoning commission, I realized I haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg because so many commercial businesses have to follow so many different avenues to operate right um if you're a nightclub you know you have to follow certain things and some people just don't want you in the neighborhood xavier and it ain't got nothing to do with you being a good business owner it's just got a lot to do with them not wanting you there exactly i know i know exactly what you mean yeah, yeah. and 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 i and some of my hardest cases were people not wanting certain people there <sighs> nothing more nothing less take it how you want to take it it was what it was and when i would call out some of the inconsistencies where, well, a person on this side of town was able to get this. How come we can't get it over here? Or why is this so much pushback in this case, but we didn't push back in that case? You know, I didn't make too many friends. Right. Right. As expected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, but that's what a zoning commissioner is. And every city for the most part has it. And we serve as a liaison to the city council. So before a big case goes to city council, it has to come through us. And if we don't approve it, then there's a process for you to pay to get it in front of the city council. But for the most part, if it doesn't get through us, it doesn't get through. How, how long did you work? Uh, I served a full term, two years. I started my second term and then I retired. I said, really? you know what? Um, I'm focusing on my documentary and I feel like that was a little bit more important 
than than the zoning commission. What was the during that time during that two year period? What was like the biggest lesson regarding real estate that you learned? That everything that I thought I knew about real estate, I I had no clue. And wait, what do you mean by that? I was in residential sales, okay, and I did residential flips and stuff like that. Um, black people own like it's a weird statistic, like point zero 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 one six of all commercial real estate in the United States. Like it's so small, it doesn't even factor in. It's a crazy number. Just look it up. I believe Google it. how much commercial real estate is owned by black people. Like we don't own any commercial like we i mean it, it, of course if i say that somebody i'm coming to comments man i own yeah but right, you're like right, right. The one of three people in your entire city <laughs> right i mean we live in dallas right. you know how big dallas is you know what's going on in dallas we don't own none of those buildings that's why it's always such a big thing when you that you see black people buying buildings we don't own any buildings you're from chicago right black folks don't own them buildings mm -hmm. None that's of them. That's a fact. So I learned that it's important that we buy commercial real buy estate commercial real because estate. there's so many uses for commercial real estate in a city like Dallas. You can have mixed use where, you know, the first level is a business, the top level is, you know, condos or something like that. Like uptown, some of the areas in Dallas, even out here, this building right here is mixed use, right? So I learned that. I learned that we're, we're light years behind when it comes to commercial real estate. Um, I Man. learned that... <clears throat> There's no such thing as gentrification. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get into it, man. Let's go. This one of the hot Let's topics. Let's go. This one of the hot topics. So. There's no such thing as gentrification. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Okay. I hate the term, but I learned being a zoning commission that there's no such thing as gentrification. Um, there's redevelopment. What happens is, in order for your community to be gentrified or redeveloped, you have to sign off on it. You have to literally give them the property. Nothing more, nothing less. So are we being pushed out or are we giving our properties away? And I would say 50% of the time we're giving our property away. I would agree. Grandma passes away. She's got eight kids. There's no will in place. Grandma, no one's helping grandma take care of the house. Grandma gets a reverse mortgage. Reverse mortgage company only has grandma on the paperwork. Grandma dies. You have 90 days to get that property back from the reverse mortgage company. They won't talk to anyone but grandma because there's no power of attorney in place. It's going to take you 120 days to probate grandma's non-existent will. By then, grandma's property has gone. Gone. That happens every day. I can't tell you how many calls I've gotten as a real estate broker where people are like, Tim, my grandma just died. Can you help us sell our house? We go pull the deed. There's a lien on it from a reverse mortgage company. They won't talk to us. And then no one in the family has the money or I'm not going to say has the money. No one in the family is willing, willing. to pay for the attorney because we got money for everything. Everything else. And, and when you say that, people yeah. get pissed off they get at pissed you. Off. They get but I don't care. Off. I don't really give a fuck yep. because at this point in the game, we're not here to, you know, appease people's, yep. you know, egos. Like yep. we got money for everything, but bail, attorney fees and funerals. Yep. Right. But if you say that out loud, then you think you're better than folks. No, I mean, I've sacrificed my whole life helping my people. And at this point in the game, I'm doing it strategically with people that want it. You know what I'm saying? So there's no such thing as gentrification. That was my biggest lesson on the zoning commission that we give away our property. And then what happens is within our communities, we don't want development. We want things to stay the same. We want things to say, stay the same forever. Right. With inflation, with everything. Think about South Dallas. I took some people that we know to one of my properties in South Dallas. Man, my, this property is a bike rides away from the Fair Park. 
it's right across the street from a, a train station. Like, it's five minutes away from downtown. Like, you can see buildings from downtown. This is prime real estate. But no one wants to redevelop. No one wants to do anything in, in that part of the area. We don't. But then as you drive around, you're seeing all these big houses being put up. Like, we thinking, oh, nobody want to live over here. <laughs> Somebody wants to live Somebody here. Somebody want to live here. And when I was telling people, yo, you can buy a house for $20,000 cash, $15,000 cash. I don't nobody want to live over there. All right. So then me and my wife started doing it. Now, those same people, man, you got any houses for rent? No, I don't. My tenants are good. You could have bought this house for $20,000, but you went out and got a new car. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could have took my free 10-day credit challenge and you could have learned how to, how to get the money. build your credit up in five months and learn how to take off $20,000, $30,000 from a credit card and bought it. We bought a property and just held it for three years. We didn't even do anything to it. We just held on to it. And man, that property has multiplied six, seven times. Really? Yeah. We went, we finally just renovated it, put it on the market. It's been rented out for a couple of years now, but it's multiplied. We paid 22 for it. It's worth around 190 now. That's crazy. So, you know, we put about 40,000 into it, but it's like, that was the whole neighborhood. So there's no such thing as gentrification. Mm. There's redevelopment and you have to put your foot down and say, I want to be a part of this. Like, don't sell grandma house. Stop selling your grandma house. You don't have to live there. If you don't like the neighborhood, just hold on to it. Hold on to Pay it. the taxes on it. Like, but don't sell it because gentrification happens when we give up the property. No facts. But no one wants to say that out loud because that requires accountability and we don't like accountability. We, we fucking man, we, hate it. We got a culture that we, we got to be the most... And I'm all about accountability because this is how I was raised. This is my dad, specifically my dad. He, I'm going to take accountability even if it wasn't my fault. He's going to find a reason to put like, hey, you could have did something. You, you could have did something differently where this going to happen. So accountability, I'm all for that. But we, I feel like we got the most anti-accountable culture I've ever seen in my I only been alive there for thirty years, but I don't. I can't. I know it couldn't have been a different a culture somewhere else that was less accountable. As us. Bro, where, where, where's my camera? I kind of look <laughs> at the camera and fuck this culture. Like, straight up. I'm, I'm on a mission to completely create a new culture, man. Like, this culture that they give us, man, they call it our culture. That's not black that's not, culture. That's, that's nigga culture. That's mm. that nigga shit, man. And won't nobody say it, bro. We, it's, like, it's like we're in an abusive relationship. You know what I'm saying? We just, we just taking it. We just getting our ass kicked every day, every fucking day. But we show up and, and I love you. I love the culture. Man, fuck this culture, man. What is this culture giving us, man? Like, it ain't giving us a damn Nothing. thing. That's yeah, not my. So many of us killed. So many of us locked up because of the culture. Bro, it, in the past three weeks, three rappers have been killed. See? Like, I'm just saying, man, like, nobody will say it. It's like, man, I, I'm good, bro. Like, I don't, I don't have to answer to anybody, man. Like. I can't right. be counseled at this point right. in the game. I'll go away and you'll never see me again. And I'll be straight. And it wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me at all. But I'm raising kids, man. I have a mentoring program. I'm teaching young boys, young black boys specifically, how to be better black men. And every day I got to fight this fucking culture. Talk about it, bro. I got to fight this culture. I got to gotta fight them, give them an alternative to being a real nigga. Mm. Like, <laughs> like... Like hood, like oh man, you somebody told me they man, I, I'm taking away your your. What they said we was talking about something. They said I'm gonna take away your black card. I'm like man, first of all, you can't ever take away my blackness. But specifically, what can a black card buy? Damn. And, and like we gotta answer that question. Like we gotta bring value to to who we are. And 
all this bullshit, like it ain't getting us nowhere. And I'm just tired of being in this abusive relationship. Like I'm, I'm I filed for divorce from the culture, man. I'm, I'm seeking a settlement, man. I need, I need I'm gone, bro. Like I'm, I'm gone from this oh, culture, man. We finna create a whole new wave. And you can stay over there if you want this culture. That's your culture. You ain't gotta come, come rock with me. You don't have to. I don't, I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? It's like in the military. We don't need you, man. You, you signed up. You come sign up for this, right? But people need to start having enough courage to say, say that There's out so loud. so many people that feel it. And I understand why people leave and never come back. Because mm. when they try to show you, hey, man, this shit fucked up. Oh, man, come on, man. I mean, come on. But he, you know, but they do it. They do a turkey giveaway every well, year. Yeah. You know, what the well, fuck well, is a turkey giveaway? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't own no property over oh. here, bro. This ain't your hood. I went on a campaign to stop claiming my hood. I haven't said my hood love, one time. I love it. I said I'm from Dallas. It's taking everything in me not to say, but <laughs> I'm on this campaign. I say, don't you can't claim your hood if you don't own property in it. And I, I own property where I grew up, but I'm just setting the precedence. Like, whenever people tell me where they're from, the first thing I say is, do you own property over there? No, nah, well, stop claiming that shit. Just say the city. Just say the city. You're a resident. You don't, you're not an owner. Like, don't, don't claim your hood around me. I'm a, I'm, first thing I'm going to say, do you own property? Mm. We know everything about it. We know every fucking sports statistic. Everything. We know every fucking movie line. Music, We lyric. know every fucking lyric. All these kids know every fucking dance, but niggas can't even tell you their credit score. You know what I'm saying? They can't even tell you their credit score. Talk about it. Talk like, about it. come on, man. Like, this shit getting old. And it, bro, we... And I, I love that you saying it because you actually mentoring the youth. So, at the end of the day, no matter... Well, anybody will hear this and think they can't say shit to you because you are here really in the field trying to help our youth and raise them up into the right direction. And I feel like, and I've been feeling like this for a while. I always talk to close friends about this. We got a culture that we praise degeneracy, like just keeping it real and anything honorable. Get is- high, get drunk, fuck bitches, kill niggas. That's the, that's the hook for our culture. I made a, I made a video. I was get high, get drunk, fuck bitch, bitches, kill niggas. That's our culture. That's it. Fuck- Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> Sell me anything else. Tell me what else they're about, right? <laughs> get high, get drunk, oh, fuck man. bitches, kill niggas. That's, that's our culture. Bro, you ain't lying. You show me the lie. You're not lying. Don't point. And somebody gonna come in the comments, yeah, but what about they gonna name man, one gonna... or two niggas that's out there doing something. <laughs> okay, so now we gotta ride the back of one or two people. Mm. Like when I go talk to kids and when I go talk to kids in schools in the hood, I said, what you wanna be when you grow up? I want to play football. I want to play basketball. Okay. Tell me something else besides a fucking sport. Crickets. All the boys can't say shit. The girls, I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be an attorney. The boys can't tell me shit. I go to the, I drive across town and go to Plano, go to Frisco and have the same conversation. I want to be an engineer. I want to be an attorney. I want to be a doctor. I want to, I'm going to work in my dad's business. It's, it's, it's a culture, bro. Mm-hmm. They're being taught from the ground up a different game. And that other shit is just the cherry on top. It's the cherry on top. We taught that the cherry on top is our life. <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you know? And if you don't go to prison or hit licks or rob niggas, then you're not a real nigga. Yep. So, okay, I'm a real nigga now. I got I got went to prison, did all this goofy shit. Now I'm back home trying to reintegrate into society. I can't live in certain places because they won't get, you know, places won't rent the felons. I can't get certain jobs. Okay, we'll start a business. Okay, all right, now I'm trying to start a business. I still need to get funded. It's so much stuff that go, like, uh, having a felony will fuck you out of. It's facts. 
And we paid to have people's felonies removed. So I can speak on this shit. Anybody got something to say? We the only company in Dallas County that actually sponsored the Dallas County Expunction Fair. Mm. Talk your shit. Look that shit up, man. So, so well, the first annual one. I'll say okay, the first okay. annual one, right? But I'm just saying, nobody was a sponsor. So I don't pay for people to get their records clean. I know the process. You dig? And it's like, people, well, man, come on. Now, fuck that. Stop come on, man, and me, man. And let's get this shit together, man. You got access. You have access to the world on your phone. I didn't have this shit, man. If I'd have had this shit. At 16, 17. Oh, shit. I'd be a billionaire. I'm, I'm just keeping it real because I, I, I had the mindset. And the work ethic. And the work ethic. Like, you got this in your hand. There's no excuses, man. There's no excuses, man. So that's what we're doing, man. We're creating ways for people who, who don't really know concepts. I'll teach it to you to a, for a certain extent, uh, to a certain extent for free. But we're starting an academy where you can literally buy these little courses for $9, $10, $20, and just learn certain aspects of business and life that nobody ever taught you. And then I'm just getting rid of the excuses. Like, we got to eliminate the excuses, man. You're going to have to take a, take a pill. It's either going to be the red pill or the blue red pill. Red pill or the blue pill, like the Matrix, goddammit. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you been, hey, you been, hey, we gonna have to make sure we do this one again, man. I feel like with this, this went by so fast. I, I just realized we damn near running on an hour. Only, but only got uh, one more thing I want sure. to ask you, just for the um, people that's tuning in, for someone that's um, not where they want to be, whether it's financially, but you know, mainly when it, when you feel like you're not where you want to be, mainly nine times out of ten, it got something to do with money. Every time, Every, <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, yeah. So if you that person listening. And you feel like you probably not in the right environment, not right situation, but you want to fast track your life, get in the right position. Like, what's your best piece of actionable advice that this person could take? They might not even have much, but they could apply this today and get the ball rolling in the right direction. Accept 100% responsibility for where mm. you at. Like, don't be the person that blames people. My mama, my dad, and my grandma, the economy, the president, you know, like... When I start talking to people about their problems, they always blaming someone else. Thanks. You got to understand, you are exactly where you are because of the decisions that you made. Okay? If that was the case, then there wouldn't be no successful black people. You understand what I'm saying? Like, all black people would be fucked. Right. right? Is there a such thing as racism and systematic racism? Yes. Okay? Yep. I have a master's degree. My master's degree is in history. I've studied it extensively. I talk about it all the time. I ain't never ran from that conversation. All right? With that being said, we have access to information now. So one thing that can get you through the door is your money. Your money will get you places that relationships can't get you, man. And then once you get in the door, and you don't have to have a lot of money to be successful. What you don't have in money, you need to make up an effort. But you got to stop making excuses. If you don't, bro, there's been times where I didn't go to sleep at night because I was so focused on my purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, bro, you know, you're not going to be successful. I don't care who you are. Thanks. Take 100% responsibility. Identify your purpose and pursue that shit with everything you got and stop. Man, just jump off the bridge, man. Learn how to fly on the way down. You're not going to die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to bump your head, but you're going to be all right. Like, take that lick, man. Move. Get the fuck out your city. Thanks. I'll, I'll People out of town, niggas, winning. <laughs> Remember I told you that shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I told you that when I first met you. That's yeah. out of town, niggas winning. You want to know why? Because in that new city, they don't know you. Nope. You might have an accent that they like. I mean, it might be something as small as that. Man, this dude got a nice accent. He from 
you from Chicago, you can take advantage of that Chicago shit like a mug. Yeah, you know I do, saying? I do. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I throw this southern accent on a little bit more when I go to the West Coast and yeah. East Move, leave. Even if it's if go if you live in Dallas, move to Fort Worth. Go to Houston. Go go to San Antonio. Go go somewhere, man. That's what our ancestors did. They mm -hmm. got out the south. They got on them trains and, and they up, went west. Went you know, people west, from Louisiana Florida, went to California. Know. People from Alabama went to Detroit. People from Mississippi went to Chicago. Yep. People in Florida went to New York. Get the fuck out your environment. Because when you get dropped into that new environment, it's sink or swim and you're not going to fail. You're not. You'll find a job quicker being an out-of-town nigga than you will being a local nigga. Man, what? I'm trying to tell people this shit. This is a fact. Bro, I was a hiring manager at the bank. When, you, I, <laughs> when you're back against the wall, you realize how strong you really are. And that's the thing. We are, we operate from a comfort zone. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You got to get up out your comfort zone. Find your purpose, man. Like, find your purpose. But, but but start believing in yourself. That's the last thing I would say. Believe in yourself. Like, believe in your shit. If don't nobody believe in your shit, you sell your shit. I don't give a fuck. If you go live and there's two people, talk to them two people. Because them two people know two people. And they know two more people. And that's your tribe. Yep. Like, just believe in yourself, man. But you got to take 100% responsibility for where the fuck you at. Stop mm. making excuses. <laughs> man, you could drop this goddamn mic for real on that one. That was a that was a game changer. And that message so powerful. Just like I said, my that's this that's exactly that message you gave, that's how my father raised me for real. He like he like as long as you point the finger at, at other people, the responsibility gonna be on them and that means stuff ain't gonna change until they change. They control you. They control it. They control you, bro. I, I moved out the house at 17, bro. My mom always tell the story. She said, you walked across the stage from graduation with your suitcase. That was her. She's like, I always wanted to be grown, bro. I always wanted to get out there, bro. I've always just, there was a time in my life, bro, I ate ramen noodles and Earl Campbell hot links every day hey, and water and drunk. I was broke as shit, man, but I got it, bro. I got it. It, 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 was, it was those nights that made me who I am today. That's another, man, this is my last thing, especially for, for the guys that's listening. Struggle. Is a, in my opinion, struggle is essential for a man. You have to go through some kind of struggle because it's going to build that character. Once you get past that, you're going to appreciate it too. Like Just like how you said, them hot dogs and noodles every day. Every day. And I bet you appreciate those man, moments. Man, I'm, I'm like the bubble gump of <laughs> a ramen noodle, man. I can make any kind of ramen oh, noodle, bro. I bet you appreciate it. Looking back on it now, I bet you like, damn, I'm glad I went through that. Bro, I'm telling you, it, it made me who I was, man. I was hungry, literally and figuratively, man, like. I said, I said, nah, man, this, we, there's gotta be something better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got, I know, I believe in this shit. I believe in what I'm doing right now, man. When that shit took off, I laid the foundation for what I was doing for about six months. And bro, that six months foundation has sustained me up until this day. That's crazy. Up until this day, it sustained me. I told my, I, I never forget in my second cycle, when me and my wife, uh, we, were, we were engaged. And I told her, you give me six months, I promise you, you'll never have to work a day in your life again if you choose not to work a day in your life again. She was like, okay, I'll take that deal. I'd say, hey, hey. And I, I busted my ass. And I'll never forget when she came home one day from work and she was feeling some kind of, I said, man, fuck that job, man. You know, you know that I, I, I lived up to my part of the bargain. If you don't want to work, fuck that job. Bro, we went up to her job that day. She was in education. She went to her computer, typed up her resignation letter, cleaned out her office, went, uh, gave the letter to her, uh, her boss put it in his, on his desk and was gone. I mean, you know, two weeks notice. I lived right up to my part. I, right I did my part. Bargain, yep. You know what I'm saying? But that was from the ramen noodle <laughs> meals, right? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like that, that's where it started. That was, that was a good feeling. 
That was a good feeling, bro. I felt like the man that day. You, man, you can't appreciate. Um, you, I feel like you can't truly appreciate. Like you can't truly appreciate riches and wealth if you've never been broke down poor before. Yeah. If you've been rich all your life, do you do they do you truly appreciate this shit? And you ain't had nothing, and you get something, you like, damn. Though you just you you value the days looking back. I remember I ain't have shit. You just sitting there like, damn, I remember I ain't had nothing. Yeah. Look where I'm at now. Man. That's what make it feel. You feel it then, like, you know what I'm saying? Man, I remember I was broke, man. My sister, I told my sister I was broke. I think she told my mom, and they said, no, my sister came up to the house. She's like, Mama said, give you the gas card, you know what I'm saying? So you can get you some gas. gas. Like, seriously, man. I was like, man, I don't need no help. My mom was like, bro, this we'll try. Like, stop trying to do it all yourself. You got people that actually want to see you win, that want to help you. Like, take this gas card. I was like, all right, I'm pay you back. I ain't asked to be paid back. And that's what got me back and forth when I first started selling real estate, man. And then I, I, got, I got a job. I was selling, and then I started, okay, I'm going to sell house to people at my job. And that's how I built my business. Mm. I sold house to people at my job. And then the rest is history. That's, man. <laughs> hey, I told everybody that's listening and watching, I told y'all this is gonna be one of those <laughs> one of those ones, man. This is a legend, legendary episode in the books for real, bro. So, but before we wrap up, I just want to say, man, I, I appreciate you greatly for coming on, coming on the show and doing this, bro. You this this one of them ones. Thank man. you so much. Can yeah. I plug the book? No, I was about to. I was about you to just pass about to do it. it. Yeah, about Let to me give you your copy, man. I'll make sure I, I sign it for you too. But man, for everyone who doesn't know me, I wrote a book called Real Dope, an in depth comparison between real estate and the dope game. It literally talks about exactly what it sounds like. When I came back from the military, a lot of my partners were selling dope. They were seeing the success that I was having in real estate. And they always asked me, man, how did you get so successful in real estate? Right. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I just really wrote a book to tell them how I did how, it. Exactly how you did it. But the purpose of the book was to keep folks out of prison. Like, if you can sell dope, you can sell houses. I don't make a single penny off this book. 100% of the proceeds goes to Real Youth Mentoring. That's how mm. we finance my nonprofit. I've never made a dime off this book. This is like my tithe to my, my mentoring program. Fire, bro. So if you get this book, it's on Amazon on my website. That's your contribution. But, man, I'll never forget somebody called me one day. It was a random dude. He was like, man, uh, it's Tim. I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, uh, I, I got your book, man. I want to meet you. <laughs> you know, meet me at this, this abandoned house in Oak Cliff. And so, Damn, you know, being a hood dude, I am like, all right. You know Bring the strap. So I pulled up and he said, man, I got your book. And literally, I stopped selling dope after I read your book. He said, now, uh, he said, I bought trucks. I bought trailers. He said, I want to buy real estate. He said, your formula literally is the dope game. That's it. He said, so now I want to get into real estate. And I sold him his first investment property. And he went on and bought multiple. So it's literally a brick. If you can sell a brick, you can move this brick. It's all it is, man. And it's just common sense shit. And I wrote it at a low level because I know... You know, sadly, statistics show that we don't like to read. Black right. people don't like to read. So I wrote it. It's a funny book. I tell my story. I insert myself into it. Change the name of some people in there. I don't want to incriminate none of my partners, right. nobody. Uh, you know, but it's a fun book, man. So check it out. Like I said, it's on Amazon. Real dope. Uh, you'll get it the next day if you got Prime. Hey, man, y'all make sure y'all get that. I'm going to put the um, the link, the Amazon link in the bio, this in the uh, description of this episode. And also plug in where people can follow you at and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow me at, at Tim Jackson now on Instagram. And if you want to get involved uh, with the mentoring program, uh, Real Youth Mentoring. But definitely follow me at Tim Jackson now. I have a, an interesting message. I don't bullshit you. I don't sugarcoat anything. Uh, man, I, I'm doing it because we need it. That's it. I can go away tomorrow and y'all never see me again. I'll be straight. But my thing is, my thing is to create a, a brighter future to hand over to people. So give me a follow. Uh, we have fun on my page. I, I talk a lot of shit, uh, but we have fun. I and I give it. you a lot of game. 
Bro, you, bro, you, it's been a, it, you, it's only been an hour, and you gave a ton of game, bro. And I want to say once again, bro, I appreciate you coming on. And before we wrap up, all, all you guys, y'all can find me on all platforms, well, except Instagram. Like, I'm trying to still get that back. I should, I should be back by the time this out. So y'all can follow me at Xavier C Miller on all platforms. Y'all can follow D on all platforms as well, and the Man of Mindsets page on all platforms as well. Appreciate y'all for tuning into another episode of the Man of Mindsets podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.